In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The prophet Joel asks us today to tear up our hearts instead of our garments. There was a tradition in Israel to tear your outer garment when you were in anguish or frustration. It was a last resort thing to do. When words failed, tear up your coat. And here again we hear the prophets of old tell us God does not want outward conformity or an outward expression of penance but an inward change. He wants us to get in touch with ourselves, to understand who we are at a very deep level, and then we will begin to see what the real problem is. And Lent is a time to get in touch with oneself, to find out who we truly are as human beings. And sometimes it doesn't take 40 days, but a major life crisis in our lives. But here we're presented with the season of Lent, as the prayer book puts it, to provide a time where the whole congregation is put in mind of the message of pardon and absolution set forth in the gospel of our Savior, and of the need which all Christians continually have to renew their repentance and faith. Lent is meant to be a time where we reflect upon our sinful nature as we move toward Good Friday and Easter. However, for many, Lent has become a time of penance and self-denial, where we give up something that, for us, might be hard to give up. The prayer book idea, or rather the biblical idea of the usefulness of Lent, stands at odds with how many of us approach Lent. What do I mean by that? Well, think about the things that you give up for Lent and that you have given up for Lent in the past. Now, how was it that you were able to refrain from that which you gave up? I think most of us, if honest with ourselves, would say that it was by our own willpower. Every day we woke up and made a conscious decision not to do this or that, or to try harder to do something else. And at the end of Lent, what do we do? We finally eat an entire chocolate cake. We breathe a sigh of relief that we can now treat ourselves to that which we denied ourselves. The burden has finally been lifted. In fact, Lent becomes for us a dependence upon our own willpower, not an abiding dependence upon the Lord. Several years ago, I gave up sweets for Lent. And when I say I gave up sweets, it was across the board, from the candy in the bowl at the doctor's office to the after-dinner desserts to sweet tea. It was all-inclusive. And I struggled, and I did fairly well by my own standards. Uh, But believe it or not, my family prayed that I would either fail or that Lent would come to a quick close because many a ruined dinner happened as the dessert would come around and I would say, oh, no, 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 I'm abstaining for Lent. Well, everyone kind of pushed theirs aside as well because they weren't quite as holy as I was. Uh, But that, and they prayed for a near end to Lent because I was making life miserable for all who had come into contact with me. We can see how easily Lent can become the opposite of what it's supposed to be. The best thing that I think could happen during Lent is that we fail. On day 39, we eat an entire bucket of fried chicken. 
Why? Because it shows us as we really are. Broken and sinful. Self-centered and in need of a Savior. Not Andrew at the end of the Lent saying, I was so proud of myself. Good for me. I did it. The Gospel stands in opposition to our attempts to be self-reliant. It shows us just how trivial our attempt at sacrifice can be. We give up potato chips, but God gives up His only Son. God does not demand from us to give up things that we could live without. He demands that we give up everything. Jesus says that if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily, not just for 40 days, but always, and follow me. Lent is not about our attempt at virtue, but our coming to grips with our own defeat as sinful men and women. Christianity starts from defeat, rather than from achievement or control. It is when we find ourselves incapable of doing the things that we want to do, and doing the things which we do not want to do, that God can finally take over. It is in our acknowledgement of our brokenness that we find true freedom, true victory. This is why St. Paul writes, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For those who are trying to get by on their own effort, the message of the cross is foolishness. But to those of us who know only too well our brokenness, our own sinfulness, that we find God doing more than we could ever ask or imagine in our lives. And we can sing with Charles Wesley, "'Tis mercy all, immense and free." I want to close with an illustration that will be familiar to some of you. It is one of Dean Limehouse's favorites. It is the true story of Stipulkowski that Fitzsimmons Allison wrote about in his book, Fear, Love, and Worship. Stipulkowski was one of 16 resistance fighters who bravely fought and struggled in Poland from 1939 to 1944 to establish an underground government over and against the Nazis as well as the communists. And the Russians, at the end of the war, took these 16 prisoners uh, back to Russia and charged them with war crimes. And prior to to the trial, the prosecutor put these men under a rigorous period of interrogation in order to be able to elicit from them at the trial the confessions that the court wanted to hear. They put them under such pressure as to break them. They put before them everything that would just make them feel so bad and expose so many of their weaknesses and character flaws to destroy their integrity that it would leave them open to suggestion and influence them and ultimately make them ready to give the confession that the court desired. And of that group of 16, only Stipulkowski held firm. And the reason is clear. As a Christian... He had continually come to God as he actually was and had been forgiven. He did not rely on his own righteousness. Stipulkowski would later say, When they showed me I was a coward, I already knew that. When they shook their finger at me with accusations that I had filthy thoughts and lewd feelings, I already knew that. 
When they showed me a reflection of myself with all my inadequacies, I could tell them, but gentlemen, I'm much worse than that. You see, he concluded, I have been taught since I can remember that it was unnecessary for me to justify myself. One has already done this for me. Jesus Christ. This Lent, let us come to grips with who we are as sinful men and women, that in our failures, that we would rend our hearts and not our garments, and throw ourselves wholly upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and rest in His righteousness alone. Amen.